0: I'm going to be winging this one. I barely know what CX is. Awesome. So all my questions are going to be 100% genuine. (laughs) Great.
1: Make them softball questions for me.
0: You got it. Well, I'll do my best. (laughs) So what does CX stand for?
1: Customer experience.
0: Okay,
2: we're done.
1: (laughs) Have a great day, everybody.
2: Hello and welcome to another installment of Conf.T. with your SE. A quick reminder that the thoughts and opinions expressed here are our own, and to please consult with Cisco TAC or Cisco Certified Partners before implementing any of the recommendations made on this show. I am your host, Brian Young, and today we're going to talk about Cisco CX. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Brian Boyd. How are you doing, Brian? Doing well, as always, Brian. Happy to be here. Thanks for being here. And also joining me today, coming down from Boston, she drove her car all the way down here... <laughs> From Boston, Caitlin Kadoff How are you?
1: I am good. How are you?
2: Thank you so much for joining us today. Today, episode twenty. I uh, I can't believe it. We're, we're we're getting well into the into the numbers here. Uh, episode twenty. We're going to be talking about Cisco CX, which stands for Customer Experience. The the Customer Experience piece was definitely something that was talked about a lot at Impact, um, and of course, we're still kind of uh, digesting all the information that we acquired there. And I thought it would be a great opportunity to bring down Caitlin to talk about it as she is on our services renewals team, correct? Negative. Oh, you changed teams now. <laughs> not, no, re- I, not renewals. Not Wait, renewals? We just talked about this. Program. I was half listening, half setting things up. <laughs>
1: so I'm not renewal. So I strictly focus on new, attach and professional services. Gotcha. So my renewal counterparts, which are Bill and Steve that align to you guys, um, they are directly onto the CX team where I look at my role as more of kind of a bridge. So I'm on the sales side, but I look at CX as my business unit. So a lot of what I talk about with customers comes from the CX
2: team. Gotcha, and we have some uh, links that we're gonna p- uh, post in the show notes, of course, but CX, um, that whole life cycle, right? It's it's visualized a lot oftentimes as a racetrack and there's a lot of different pieces whether it comes to implementation, support, uh, all the way to um, renewing of the hardware, etc. And so you focus specifically on the services side of the house correct. Um, so let's let's start there where um, what's top of mind for you guys right now what's what's new and exciting in the world of services?
1: So how I look at kind of what's exciting for us is really I'm super excited by what CX is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I see CX as coming in and really helping to create a strong relationship between Cisco and our customers, or Cisco and our partners and customers. Um, So CX is coming in and adding new services. So a lot of times you hear services and you think SmartNet, and that's kind of where we stop. Um, And I think CX is doing a really great job to get customers to think about the solution. Um, I look at it again, kind of as you mentioned, the racetrack. There's a solution, but you can't complete the solution without the services with it or without the correct adoption. If you buy the latest and greatest and your customer doesn't know how to use it, they're not going to use it. And right. something's going to come along in a couple of years and they're going to go to the next latest and greatest. And maybe they come back to us, maybe they don't. So I look at services as making sure customers are comfortable with what they're purchasing.
2: We've got Brian here who used to be on tax. So, you know, definitely went hand in hand with uh, with the SmartNet stuff, right? In terms of needing that support uh, for break, fix or anything that happens during the process. Um, but bringing on the additional benefits of CX and looking at the entire experience as a whole in terms of adoption, implementation, uh, and even incident response or something we'll touch on today. But we definitely have some uh, cool stuff coming on a future episode with that. Um, So let's start with the adoption side of the house. So when we're going through the process, what are you hoping our customers are looking at in terms of um, adoption when it comes to CX?
1: I think it's about really understanding who the customer is individually. Mm -hmm. So, you know, our solutions aren't one size fits all. You guys spend so much time making sure that this solution fits the customer. But then from there, they also need to know how to use it and how to make it work within their environment specifically. So I think that's where the adoption piece comes on. And what services does, or what services is allowing the customer to do, is really start from, okay, what do you need? If you're a lean IT staff, what do you need from Cisco to implement it? Implement that? Maybe it is a quick service, um, advanced services implementation program that we have. So these are bundled SKUs that are ready to go and they've Basically, those are one-size-fits-all, but they're ready to go. Maybe a customer also wants a custom implementation, so we can really get on the phone with the customer and deep dive into what nuances do they have within their environment, and how can we make sure that we are implementing it correctly. Um, we also have a lot of training offers within CX, so maybe the customer can get it in, or they're working with their partner to implement it, From but once it's in their environment, how do we work with them to make sure that their IT staff is comfortable with what it is. So maybe there's a help desk that we have, or maybe there is um, some learning libraries that they have access to so they can pull up white papers and really kind of get into the training aspect of what the solution is they have in front of them.
2: Makes sense. And I think the big takeaway there is it's not a one size fits all. It's not an add on, right? And a lot of times when we're talking about support, And we've been guilty of it, too. When we're putting together the bill of materials, we're just slapping on SmartNet. Okay, well, they're going to need SmartNet. What do you need? Do you want uh, 8x5 by next business day? Do you want 24x7? Uh, Do you want on-site, et cetera? But as you said, I think we need to be having a little bit deeper of a discussion in terms of, okay, what is your environment like? What's your IT staff like? What are they proficient in? What are they not proficient in? Do you need help implementing this? Do you need help supporting it? Um, and we have a solution that fits just about every one of those use cases. Absolutely.
1: So it's really just understanding what the customer needs and kind of asking, well, what's next? Okay, you, we have this in your environment. Or you have the solution put together. What are we? How are we going to use it? How are we going to utilize it? Are you guys comfortable with it? And if the answer is, ah, I'm not sure, absolutely, let's jump in and have a, a deeper conversation. Um To your point on SmartNet, there are also so many options within SmartNet. So, for example, for UCS, I don't know if you guys are familiar with on-site with troubleshooting, but I think it's one of our best-kept secrets. Brian, did you work with that at all? Oh, yeah. I
0: supported UCS back in my days in tech. So, you know, having a field engineer to come on-site and replace CPUs in particular, just because you don't want, you know, the customer getting in there and bending pins and Mm. things like that on a $14,000 CPU... Um, it was absolutely a, a great add-on.
1: And it minimizes the troubleshooting for a customer, right? So especially if there's a co-location or it's a customer that just isn't really comfortable with the UCS that they have, the field engineer is going to go on site. It's going to kind of reduce that first frontline call into tech saying, I'm not really sure. Maybe turn it off, turn it on. All of that is eliminated and the field engineer will come on and essentially diagnose the problem for the customer. Um, so again, with even within SmartNet, there is some more high-touch options that I think sometimes customers are not aware of.
2: Well, I'd love to dive into that a little bit more because the next next thing on my uh, topic list here was SmartNet. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that um, as a general rule, I have been really kind of pushing and and promoting the um, all the benefits of solution support. Yes. So can we dive into that a little bit more?
1: Absolutely. So solution support is hands down one of my favorite offers that we have. I think it fits really well into our space. And I also feel as though it bring SmartNet. It's kind of that standard baseline SmartNet. So you get everything you're, you're familiar with, the eight by five by next business day support or the 24 by seven by four support. So essentially what that four means is it's a four hour hardware replacement mm-hmm. or a next business day replacement. So all of that is still included with solution support. But what solution support does is it takes you the next step. So um, we'll start with the fact that typical TAC cases have to be essentially reactive, right? The customer has to know that there's an issue in their environment. With solution support, the customer actually just has to kind of have a feeling. Uh, that something's going on. Their spidey senses are tingling. (laughs) Uh, And they can call up into TAC and let them know that they have a solution support contract and say, hey, something's going on. I'm not exactly sure what. And they're actually going to get routed to a specialist. So let's say it's data center or it is security. They are going to get routed to a security specialist. Um, And they will work together to figure out what the issue is. That first person they talk to will be the point of contact for the rest of the life cycle of the case, which I think is another really great point. Sometimes I know that customers can get frustrated because they'll call into TAC, they'll get one person, then they're going to get transferred to another person, and then maybe the third person will be who they work with. Um, But with solution support, it is a one point of contact throughout the life cycle. Um, and that actual one point of contact will also work with uh, our multi-vendor partners. So there is a list of thousands. I unfortunately don't know all of them off the top of my head, but we'll go with data center. So within the data center, if something's not working properly, you call up. And I think what used to happen was they'd call up and say, hey, something's not Right. And uh, my backups aren't working. So Cisco would say, okay, well, have you talked to Veeam? And Veeam will say, not us, have you talked to VMware? And so the customer has now spent two weeks just trying to figure out where the problem lies. Solution support reduces that. Solution support says, call us first. As long as you have an active support contract with both Veeam and VMware, or whoever your personal choice is, we will go ahead and reach out to them on your behalf so that they can work together and it really relieves the customer of that headache.
0: Yeah, it's really important, actually, because otherwise it's on the customer to talk to Cisco and then talk to, you know, Veeam or in this situation. But with solution support, Cisco organizes all of that and they can set up these multi-vendor calls. So that way it's no, it's not finger pointing over email. You have to tell, you know, each other to your face, I don't think this is the problem. This is why.
2: Right. And Cisco Tech is going to be coordinating that mm-hmm. rather than the customer running out and trying to... Rally all these vendors because I'm I'm dealing with a customer now that's that's got a similar situation with Microsoft and we're going back and forth on is it a Cisco problem is it a Microsoft problem and the customer is the one that's really quarterbacking the whole thing they're the ones that have to reach out and you know there's a there's a lot of um, game of telephone here and and stuff like that a lot lost in translation literally and figuratively <laughs> unfortunately um, so solution support would be a great fit for that scenario Absolutely. and as much as there are tons of products that Cisco makes. We don't cover absolutely everything. And there are going to be multi-vendors within just about every environment. So this is something that you should definitely look into um, for any, you know, so all your solution support, just to be able to have that one point of kind of that one throat to choke, really.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and I think the, um, the proactive support as well is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can all agree that our products, especially the cutting edge ones, are not getting simpler. They're Mm -hmm. getting more intense as more options are out there. Security is being baked into every product. Um, You start to – it becomes more policy-based. Configurations are different. So the ability to have tack on standby for any questions you have, for any configuration assistance you need, things like that is pretty big because before there was definitely a gap Mm -hmm. where if it's not broken, they don't really want to deal with it. They don't have time to deal with it. Right.
1: It would move into more of like our professional engagements. And unfortunately, um, sometimes our professional engagements can't solve the problem right away. Um, so then there, there was a gap within our portfolio that would sometimes go over to the partners or sometimes a customer truly was just kind of left holding the bag saying, what do I do now? And um, again, that's why I'm so excited about CX because I think they're coming in and making sure that gap is closed.
2: So a lot of of times we run into the issue where the customer has purchased something, whether it's a feature on a product or in this case, maybe an additional level of support or service. How do we ensure that they're, or what what steps are we taking to ensure that they're utilizing what they've purchased?
1: Yeah. So again, I think it's awesome. CX has done a really good job of starting to recognize some of those um, shortfalls. And so they've actually created teams, and there's multiple teams out there, Um, but one in particular is that a lot of times customers might not be aware that they purchase solution support. Solution support is mandatory on a few of our hardware, so sometimes customers just kind of assume they still have SmartNet. Um, So there is a team from CX that will actually call out into customers that have active solution support contracts, make sure that things like their CCO ID is associated, make sure that they're aware of what their contract number is so that when they call into TAC, the correct hardware is flagged as a solution support case because we don't want a customer calling up thinking they're going to get this premium service and have it not be tagged uh, properly. So this operational CX folks um, really just make sure that the customer understands all of the great benefits that they have to it and help with that adoption of solution support.
2: Makes sense. Now, I've heard the term HTOM thrown around a lot. Can yep. you can you tell me a little bit more about what an HTOM is and where that kind of resides?
1: I can. Absolutely. So HTOM is something that is, again, more operational. Um, I think we typically actually now call them T-SOMs. Um, So, a technical services operation, I believe, is the acronym. Um, But really, they are meant to help customers, kind of like solution support, um, with case management. Okay. So, again, we just talked about how frustrating a customer can have it when they have so much going on. the TSOM going to come in and help with the escalation of severity one and severity two. So, you know, a lot of times TAC will come back and say, Hey, I have a quick question on this. TSOMs can help answer some of those questions or at least streamline the questions so it's not onesie, twosie emails here and there. So they're really on the operational side of making the TAC experience seamless. So the customer doesn't have to w- take on some of the extra headaches. So some of the deliverables on a TSOM is going to be that they are going to monitor and help escalate with RMAs. Uh, They are going to have ownership of all the open service requests. So as soon as a customer with a TSOM opens a case, the TSOM is going to jump in and help manage that. Um,
0: They help with SLAs too. Like if a tech engineer hasn't gone back to a customer... They can, instead of the customer having to reach out, the TSOM can reach out and say, hey, get the customer an update today, even if it's just saying, hey, I'm working on this still. Right. Or right. I'm still working on a lab recreate. Just making sure that everything is. Yep, is just being keeping followed. the customer in the loop and making sure communication is going both ways. Yeah, that's, that's key for sure.
1: Yeah.
2: So, Brian, I know that you've run into this a couple times, I'm sure. I know I have, um, where we have a customer that has purchased a product, let's say Watch or ICE. And products like that can be a bit time-consuming to implement, and they can also be a bit of a technological challenge for someone that's not doing that day in and day out, right, especially something like ICE, right? It can be a very uh, invasive uh, product to implement, um do we have anything in the on the solution side of the CX side of the house that can help with that and if so what would that be
1: Absolutely so um we have so for Stealthwatch in particular we have what's called a uh, AS fix queue mm-hmm. which means it is a pre-written statement of work mm-hmm. so it's going to kind of be exactly um fit a service for what a customer may need. Um, So Cisco kind of took a look and said, okay, what do we see the most of from a custom style standpoint? And put together a bundle that is going to be a little bit more attractive in cost. Mm -hmm. um, And it will help customers really kind of get started. And what's great about our fixed SKUs is partners can be involved as much or as little as they want. So as you mentioned, ICE. ICE can be very complicated. So sometimes partners say, you know what, I'm not really comfortable working on this implementation, let's right. let's work with Cisco, and we can create a custom SAO that will put the two together. Um, but from a stealth watch, um, we do have the ability to have a fixed SKU. Uh, so different things that we're going to see and that is going to be reviewing the network architecture. Um, it's going to configure the IP addresses for customers. So it gets down to the nitty-gritty of the solution um, and help the customers with the deployment.
2: Okay. Makes sense. And I, I think that's going to drive that adoption, right, of those of those customers that have purchased those products to make exactly. sure they're u- utilizing it to its full capability.
1: Exactly. There's nothing worse than when a customer says, I'm so excited to purchase StealthWatch. They get it in their environment and it's just not going the way they want it to go. Um, it's a headache for the customer. It's a headache for us. Um, so we really want to make sure that we understand the full life cycle of the sale, not just hey, they're buying Southwatch and they're excited about it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take that the next step and provide them with a CX offer that fits their needs.
2: Makes sense. So we have the AS fixed SKUs, but we also do have some capabilities there for you know, just time, right? With advanced services. Yep. So what would that? What kind of a scenario can you give me that would that would cover?
1: So when we look at so that's going to kind of start to create again more of that. Customability for a customer. Okay. So we have um, the option for a customer. So let's say that they,
2: I'm trying to think of the last AS
1: I had. Um,
2: I mean, this could be implementing just about anything out of the Cisco house, right?
1: Uh, it liter- anything. So, okay. yes. Mm-hmm. It, One we had, I thought it was with one of you guys, we were looking at a fixed SKU originally, but the amount of routers that the fixed SKU didn't cover didn't match what the customer's environment was. So we worked with the customer to better fit what they needed. They also wanted a little bit more of on-site travel. So they wanted a field engineer from Cisco to come on site, help with the implementation, Mm -hmm. but then also work with the customer and the partner to train the... um, IT staff on how to engage with the, uh, I believe this was for SD-WAN. Okay. So they, you know, the custom SKU only had a few hours of travel. So we worked, uh, excuse me, the AS fix SKU only had a few hours of travel where we were able to work with the customer and create a custom SKU that fit exactly what they were looking for. And in this case, they were looking more, I don't want to call it a mentored install, but they were looking for a little bit more hands-on experience with Cisco in the field on site.
2: Okay. So it can it can really be just about anything. We can customize the hell out of this.
1: We can customize anything that the customer could possibly imagine wanting. We can work with them to get that up and running.
2: So the idea of a solution being too difficult or big to implement. That's out. It,
0: that's really out there. Mm-hmm. And tying it back to our ACI episode, I remember we kind of gave a plug for professional services or advanced services from Cisco. Um, right. But this is a, a great place to do it. Um, whether it's the fixed SKU or something more custom for your environment, ACI is a whole new paradigm shift, um, into software defined networking. So it's important to get up and running on it, um, with someone who knows how to do it. Yeah. I
2: mean, I'm ACI, um, the intent-based networking stuff with the DNA center. Yeah, anything
0: software-defined, really. SD-WAN, like you were saying, and then SDA. StealthWatch, ICE, I mean, any of these things. ICE is a
1: big one that we see from a custom style standpoint. It
0: it definitely sounds like it brings
2: it more into a tangible reality for the customer, right? Mm -hmm. If they they want this, if they want to go down uh, the zero-trust model, ACI model, whatever. They want to go down these pathways, but they're looking at their IT staff, and they're like, my guys either A, don't have the know-how, or B, don't have the time, or a combination of the two. Right. And they're like, I would love to go down this path, but I just I just don't have the manpower to do it. I don't have the technical expertise. Cisco can help.
1: Exactly. And I think that's again how to tie that back to the whole CX platform. That's what I think we're trying to avoid is having customers say, you know what, this is just too big for me or I'm just not ready for it yet. Allow Cisco to come with you and with our partners to bring you to that next step. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where the services are really going to step in. And we can either do kind of like an implementation, so it's just that proactive right away get you up and running. But then we're also going to have some of the adoption services that will last the lifecycle of the solution to really make sure that you're utilizing everything properly.
2: Yeah. And if you get a chance to check out the uh, CX racetrack mm-hmm. uh, and just really kind of look at all the pieces there, you'll really see that Cisco has taken a Uh, a very proactive measure at trying to make sure that we are there along every step of the way of that customer experience when it comes to procuring um, trying to size up what they need you know that's what we do we are our roles as se's is to size up uh, the needs of the customer and understand what product fits that need, exactly. and then just the implementation and the support going forward, uh, renewal for services, etc., and just the whole life cycle all the way through.
1: Yeah, I'm actually looking at it right now on the website, and it's it's nice. It, I think it it's simple, but mm-hmm. it's talk. It, the first half of the uh, racetrack has choosing, mm-hmm. so and then in the middle is the customer. So it goes from choosing the right solution to using, and then to loving. And mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what we're trying to have help our customers do is choose the right solution solution use it and then love it right
2: yeah and and, and as you, as i said earlier this was a big push for us you know our you know internal teams right to really really put the customer first and you know it's something that Brian and i've always done uh, i know you've always done uh, but just even from the corporate side right just making sure the customer is put first making exactly. sure that we're not just selling them a box and going to the next customer right. it, it can't be that It can't be like that anymore.
1: I think, truthfully, that's what I love about my role so much is that, you know, a lot of this is a one-on-one instance. So I'll have either Brian come to me and saying, "Hey, my customer, something's not going right." And my favorite part of my job is figuring out, okay, what's the problem, and what, how can I fix it, and how can I fix it in the future. Um, and I think that's where the services piece really comes in and overlays really nicely with the work that you guys are doing.
2: Like when a serial number doesn't match the <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a fun week. That was brutal. <laughs> but um, it happens more often than we care to admit. Sometimes,
1: and, and you know, I think that it's nice to pretend like that we don't need services, but if. Everywhere you do, you need that strong customer support. Um, And so that's, I think Cisco is doing a good job recognizing that and recognizing what a customer truly needs and not just slapping a one size fits all, um, working together and figuring out, okay, do you want to do this yourself or do you want to do this with us? Mm -hmm. Um, And figuring out what the best path forward for
2: that is. Well said, well said. Kaitlyn, I'd like to shift a little bit to uh, the next bullet point I have here uh, around incident response. Sure. Um, what can you tell me uh, from the incident response side? What are we What are we doing there?
1: Absolutely. So, incident response, I think, is something that is definitely hot on customers' minds, right? How Absolutely. many times in the news do we hear this? You know, somebody was hacked. Right. Customer information was out there. Data is so important to every single customer, no matter your size. Mm -hmm. Um, So incident response is Cisco's answer to that. Um, It is a proactive and a reactive service that we offer. What I love about our incident response is you don't actually have to have a lick of Cisco in your environment. We will cover you with our incident response retainer. Um, So the retainer is a 12-month retainer that essentially has Cisco... Talos, uh, and I believe you have something exciting around Talos. We got some ex-
2: uh, exciting, yeah. We've got an episode coming up with them in November, and they have an announcement around the same time that yeah. uh, we'll be very uh, patiently awaiting. Yes, for. <laughs>
1: Talos is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I think there's a statistic that they see more data in a day than Google.
2: Three, I think they block more. They block more threats per day than there are Google searches done per day. Yeah, like three times as many. It's insane. Yeah.
1: Um. So essentially. What a customer has when they have our incident response retainer is they truthfully have just that peace of mind. So if a customer were to be breached during the retainer, uh, Cisco will come in or Talos will come in uh, with everything you can possibly imagine. We'll have boots on the ground within 24 hours and they will start working to... relieve the threat. Mm -hmm. And we will also make sure that we work with the customer, not just getting the threat out, figure out how did it come in? How can we prevent this from happening again? Um, So the pull through on that is unbelievable of the information that we are able to gather and share back with the customer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then-
2: all right, so that if they can come in, you have that twelve month. What happens if there is there's no incidences in that, in that twelve? month That's
1: exactly what I was about to go to next. I just wanted to make I do want to make sure that there's nothing else on the proactive side I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. So that's something that I think is definitely stands out from some of our competition, is that if you purchase a retainer and you are lucky enough to not have any sort of breach, you're actually going to be left with 160 hours um, that you're able to use towards other security professional engagements. So we can do a proactive threat hunting. Um, We can essentially pretend that we are hackers and try to get into your environment and see what's going on. So penetration test Um, and really just kind of find any weak spots that we can. So you're not just purchasing a retainer and hoping for the best and walking away. Cisco is going to stand by you to make sure that you are truly comfortable with your security investment, whether it be with Cisco or somebody else.
0: And no matter what, you're getting value out of it. So that's yeah. really nice. Yeah, exactly. you're not just throwing money away and if it, nothing happened up, well, you know. Yeah, because it's a good thing if you don't get breached. Absolutely. So you don't you don't get punished for Right, not using it
1: exactly. So there's tabletop exercises that we can do. We'll work with the C suite to really kind of prepare them. Hey, you were just breached. What are we going to do? How are we going to present this to the public if there's a public statement that needs to be made? Um, So there's it's a wide breadth of services that are within that one retainer.
2: Sounds good. And I do want to touch on this. I know this wasn't part of um, our conversation uh, today, our, our planned discussion today, but I guess just recently. Uh, we announced the managed detection and response piece uh, of the Cisco experience. And I guess this is basically um, a Cisco run SOC for some of our customers that maybe don't have the the means or the capabilities of being able to run their own SOC or have some requirements to have one, but again, just don't have the means. Um, So this is pretty new. I guess this just came out uh, this last month, I believe, it it was announced. So um, we'll hopefully have some more information about it, but definitely, if it's something that you're interested in, check out with um, reach out to your account team and uh, ask them about it again. It's the Managed Detection and Response capabilities, or MDR, and uh, make be sure to check it out if uh, getting a Cisco hosted SOC is something that uh, intrigues you.
1: Yeah, again, there's so many different options that we have with our services.
2: So. We've talked a lot of times throughout the course of this podcast about how Cisco is transitioning over to um, transitioning over to a software and a subscriptions type organization. How does services play into that?
1: Absolutely. So I think I touched on it a little bit earlier in the conversation today about how really I look at it. Again, we can look at it as the racetrack or I look at it as a circle. When a customer consumes our technology, if they don't have the correct adoption to go with that... They're stuck. You right. know, they're in no better place than they were when they first started. Um, so services is an overlay to for our customers to really take on that software investment that they've just made. Um, so we, again, are doing a great job with having different offers for different customers. Um, so there are three different support models for our customers. Um, there is going to be solution support, which is really exciting. This is new for this year. So it goes into everything I just talked about earlier in the episode. Um, of that Proact, excuse me, of that um, backbone tack of a solution specialist really running with your TAC cases mm-hmm. um, as well as coordinating with our multi-vendor partners. Um, so a solution support is an option for customers on their EA. And really, that's going to have um, some assistance and consultation. So if a customer, again, always use voicemail, but we can really use any sort of application within the EA that the customer is not familiar with, they're going to get um, some onboarding support. So in the first three months or so, I don't want to quote three months exactly, but you know, once they are starting to utilize and consume the software that they have within solution support, we're going to help them with the onboarding process. Um, If a customer needs a little bit more support than that, we also have our enhanced and premium offer. Our enhanced and premium offer um, is going to essentially help customers throughout the lifecycle of their EA. Solution support, of course, is also for the lifecycle of the EA, but that's going to give customers more Um, backbone TAC access, whereas our enhanced and premium offer is going to give a little bit more um, throughout the entire EA process. So they will have an enhanced, a quarterly review with a designated technical service liaison that will help them throughout the life cycle of the EA. So if customers have any questions, they can do business and technical reviews quarterly. And on Enhance, it's actually monthly. So that's going to be for our large customers that really need that assistance to have the full... Um, soft Utilize the full software.
2: Mm-hmm. So it sounds like the goal of CX is really the implementation, making sure that everyone... All of our customers, when they're buying a Cisco product, are just covered, you know, every different way from adoption, implementation, uh, to just reaching out and making sure, hey, is everything working the way it's supposed to? Uh, are there any? Uh, any other future products you want to do? I mean, it, it's kind of what we do, right? When we're going to customers and just trying to figure out what their what their projects are. This is just making sure that they're covered from that technology, from
1: that post life experience, right? right? So sometimes you'll you'll work with a customer, and Cisco is going to touch every aspect of their environment in some way, shape, or form. But once the customer has all of that in their environment, you may not be actively talking to them every day. Right. So CX is really kind of coming along and making sure that after aspect is. One that they love. You know, I think that our customers love us on the front half. We want to make sure they love us on the back half. Um, And then the last thing I think I'll touch on real quick is our total care portal. Are you guys familiar with our total care portal at all?
0: I'm not. I'm looking forward to having you describe it.
1: Good answer. (laughs) Um, So, our total care portal really, again, kind of goes into sometimes customers feel a little bit lost when they have their contracts and it's time for renewal or Basically, the what's what of what they have within their environment. So, the Total Care Portal is um, a portal that will show a customer their in Cisco investment. So, it's a portal that they can pull up. It's going to show what serial numbers are currently active, what serial numbers are expiring soon, and what have already expired. So, this is a really great health check to make sure that your customers or you, as the customer. Are aware of what's coming next. Sometimes, if you have multiple partners or onesie twosie contracts, things can slip under the cracks. You call up TAC and say, Hey, this has been expired for two months, and you had no idea. Um, And then you're a little bit in hot water. So, the total care portal is going to help with that. Another thing customers love is that it also gives the end of life announcements. So, it's going to flag something to say, Hey, this is coming up end of life. You want to make sure you're aware of the coverage that you have on it and start looking at a replacement for it. Um, So the Total Care Portal is a very easy self-service portal. It is free to customers as long as you have an active SmartNet contract. Um, There are different services that we offer with it. So technically, it is a collector that is deployed into the environment to pull all of those serial numbers back and populate into the portal. That is something customers can do on their own, but they can also work with... um, what we call our smart assist program to deploy the collector for them. They'd actually then end up having TAC access. So if something wasn't um, working properly or they just weren't exactly sure why something wasn't pulling up the way they expected it to, they could call into TAC. Without that, it would be an online support community. Um, But it will also flag... um, if there's a security alert. So let's say that there's a piece out there. The Total Care Portal is going to flag that and say, "Hey, this is up, make sure that you are up to date with um, everything you have."
2: And the Total Care Portal is available to anyone that has an active SmartNet. As contract.
1: long as you have an active SmartNet contract, you are you have access to the Total and Care Portal. It's
2: free, Portal. so it sounds like there's no reason to not use it. Uh, yeah, there <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to be definitely uh, sharing a link to that in the show notes to make sure that our uh, our listeners and our customers uh, check it out and and get on with that because that sounds like a no-brainer. Yeah. Well, very good. Um, I think we're going to wrap things up. Caitlin, any final thoughts? Anything you'd like to add?
1: No, I mean, I just really appreciate you guys' time. I appreciate the investment that Cisco is making in CX and services. And I hope that everybody listening you know, has some idea of what they're looking for and feels free to go to their account team and say, hey, what can I do with services to make sure I'm consuming the technology that I have?
0: Well said. Well said. Brian, any uh, final thoughts? No, just thanks for coming on the show, Caitlin. I feel like I learned a few things. Good. Yeah, I always, I always like an episode where I learn something.
2: <laughs> well, thank you again, Caitlin, for coming on. And thank you for listening to Conf T with URSE. If you have a question you'd like us to answer or a topic you'd like to suggest, please send us an email at hello at conft.show. And if you like the show, please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues and giving us a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And if you're not already subscribed, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can get notified when we publish an episode every two weeks. Show notes for this episode and every episode can be found on our website at conft.show. That's C-O-N-F-T dot S-H-O-W. As always, stay safe out there and don't forget to save that config.